Hey there, thanks for tuning in to Something New Every Week with your host, me, Jason Group. Each week, I'm going to give you something new that's happening in our photographic world, just some great conversations with my friends, and what's going on right now. Something New Every Week is sponsored by Miller's Lab. Miller's Professional Imaging is the largest professional lab organization in the United States. They provide professional prints and press products for professional photographers in all 50 states and Canada. And they're just a great company. If you don't know them, go check them out, millerslab.com. Here we are, another episode of Something New Every Week. This week, I've got a special guest, and I'm excited to have her here. It seems like we've got we've had a lot of Missouri folks lately, which is awesome. Uh, this week, I have Karen Thamert from Missouri as well. I can't remember where she lives exactly. She'll tell us. Uh, she's a professional photographer. She's also the president of the Missouri PPA. And uh, I'm on the board of directors with her, and she is one of she's a great leader for the chapter, and uh, we are so happy to have her uh, as as the president for us. Um, but anyway, um, think welcome to the show, Karen. Thank you. <laughs> I wish everyone could see the the uh, the faces that that happens when I start the episode where we're like just chatting. And then all of a sudden I start with this big excited intro and uh, their faces <laughs> are always kind of taken aback. Anyway. Um, so I always like to start these uh, uh, podcasts with kind of the origin story about how you got started and, and tell us a little bit about yourself. So let's start with um, how you got involved in photography and how long it's been and all that kind of jazz. Sure. So I, I have that same story as a lot of people. I grew up when my dad gave me a, put a camera in my hand. I had the distinct um, blessing of growing up in a dark room. Mm. Um, I'm not very tall in stature, but back then I had to stand on, on a kitchen chair to see into the tray. I could probably do it on a little stool these days, but um, it was so much fun to stand next to my dad and watch those images appear in the tray. Uh, I knew from very early on, maybe age two, three, do not open that door if the red light is on. Uh, <laughs> so, well, it was a fancy uh, one with that, the red light. I like it. Yeah, he had a red light and a green light. He was, my dad actually is an engineer. He's uh -huh. a computer engineer um, back when the computers took up an entire room mm. and his hobby still to this day he's a fantastic hobbyist photographer and uh, I'm thrilled to be his daughter so I didn't actually start professionally though until uh, I was well into my adult life I went to college for teaching and music uh -huh. uh, my Degree was elementary education and music with an emphasis on choral, vocal and choral. So I'm mostly a vocalist, but I play a lot of instruments as well. And after 12 years in that world, I switched my. Oh, we lost you for a second. I opened a photography studio and I, I never went to school for it, but I called my dad and I said, hey, I want to I want to open a studio what can you teach me about lighting? And my dad, having never done it, but very, very educated in the world of photography, would listen to me because it was back when I started with film. And I would call him up with my little film proofs. And I would say, oh, I like the lighting on this. And this was my setup. I took meticulous notes. 
And from 550 miles away up in Michigan, he would tell me, well, the falloff ratio of that modifier at that distance is (laughs) and you should probably move it this much closer and probably at a little different angle. And I would. And without ever seeing my photos and just from my descriptions and my telling him what my settings were, I learned studio photography the hard way. This explains so much. (laughs) It does. (laughs) About you. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, um, I I was in my basement at the time. I started in 2005, and 13, 14, no 13. I guess 2013 um, was when I opened my first studio. Okay. And um, real real estate or like in a space. And I'm now in my second studio. I've been here about eight years. Okay. And I love. I love my space here. It, it, it's exactly what I need. I have a lot of different shooting bays, and I'm able to do multiple things at one time. So I know today we're going to talk about children's photographer and Santa, and mm-hmm. I have that set up. But I also have two other shooting spaces, which I use both of them today for business people. So it's very, it's a great space, and I really love having and that. You're in, you're in St. Charles? In St. Charles. Okay, in St. Charles. Yep. St. Charles, Missouri. And and when I said that explains a lot, it's I don't mean that as an insult. You were very um um you're very uh your your work and the way that you operate your business is, is somewhat and, and it's not an insult, meticulous, planned out and executed. And it's one of the things that I admire about you is that there's always a plan behind what you do, and you're very calculated about the things that you do, which is also the reason why you're a great leader for the Missouri PPA. Um, so that's what I mean, but it explains a lot having a dad who is an engineer. <laughs> my wife's my wife's father was an engineer, so I really understand the 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 way that you have an idea and then they just build it, and it's it seems so simple to them, right? Like here's the idea and how, here's how we're going to build it, and you just do it. Yeah, yeah. I I actually am very much split right brain right brained left brained mm-hmm. in that I I my if you do like the disc assessment the DISC personality my I'm a high D but I'm also a high I so I love the people aspect and the creativity and the fun of everything but I also am very meticulous and I I like all my ducks in a row and I really do love that Excel spreadsheet you know I I really. <laughs> Thrive. I know you guys. Te- you tease me about it, but <laughs> we don't. So, we don't tease you. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe okay, we so do. We don't <laughs> maybe. Yeah. So, but I, I think that that really plays well for being a creative in a business mm-hmm. because I have they, they fight those two sides of my brain fight mm-hmm. all the time, and I really enjoy my time socializing and doing the creative stuff. But at the same time, the back of my head is telling me you really should be doing X, Y, Z and PDQ. But, uh, I, when I'm in the moment, I really enjoy it. When I first started my photography business, all I photographed was babies, toddlers, high school seniors and families. Mm -hmm. And that, that really plays off of my education Mm -hmm. background. I, I use my child psychology and I'm really good at it the child psychology aspect and getting kids, parents will come in and they think their kid is hard. And I'm like, game on, I (laughs) I can do this. (laughs) So I think that was, that was a really um, great way to start. Once I got my retail studio, I added in the corporate side, 
So mm-hmm. there's my right, lane, right brain, left brain still fighting even as what I photograph. So I photograph a lot of real estate work and headshots. And I do a lot of both of those. So I get kind of the best of both worlds in sort of all of my aspects of life. And I, and I do think that across the board in my travels over the years, the photographers who really uh, have successful businesses are those who can really not master, but really can channel the right, right brain and left brain. Uh, all of us know very creative artists who just do incredible work, but can't figure out how to make a dollar with it. And, uh, and then that, I think that goes across the board with all artists unless they find someone who can help them with the business side, uh, having having both of those skills, or at least 25% of each side, uh, really, really is helpful, which is why I wanted to have you on here today. Every year um, since I've known you, you've done these Santa sessions. It's something that I've always wanted to do and just never seemed to be able to get my, my act together to get it done in time. So talk to me about let's let's start let's start simple like what is a Santa session and and we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, so I actually do a full Santa experience and it's it's a 45 minute experience. It's not new to the genre of sure. children's portraiture. It's been around a long time doing this. I actually took a class with Chris Fritchie. He's from Texas. Okay. And I, I took a full day class with him. I absolutely loved the way he was doing his Magic of Santa sessions. He's copyrighted that, so we can't call it that. But <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I know he's he's definitely one of the most prolific teachers of the Santa sessions right now. But even prior to taking that class with him, I spoke with John Ridgway in Illinois, and he's been in the teaching and PPA world and non-PPA world teaching for children's portraiture for a lot of years. Mm. He was um, I, there's videos of him out there in creative or there was some PhotoVision. Is that what? Oh gosh, is I think that that's still the around? Name of, yeah. So, yeah. So I know there's some videos of him doing that. And he's pretty local to us here in the St. Louis area. And he years ago showed me his album that says, if you're going to do Santa sessions, don't do wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Do these albums and sell a great product and do a full session. So he put that in my head. I took the class with Chris, with, which exactly reiterated that. And I, I think it is so much fun. So what happens is Santa sends a letter to the kids a week or so ahead. Oh, cool. Says, I cannot wait to see you. And the Santa sometimes gives a gift if the parents sneak one in ahead of time. So the whole purpose, I think, is I love it when I get those older kids are sort of on the cusp of not really believing in the uh-huh. real Santa. Uh-huh. And... They come in and they sit there and they tell Santa what they want and he pulls it out of the red bag. So it's just really awesome to see those kids that just cannot even believe that he just gave them exactly what they want. And it's kind of the kind of the old adage, uh, you know, it's, it's just really neat to watch them. So, yeah, the kids yeah. come in and. Uh, the first part of it, like I, the child psychology part of me is strong in this. And the kids come in and I ignore them. I talk to the parents 
they see all the stuff in the Santa set. And I tell the parent, I just talk to them. I tell them it's okay to go in there and show them everything in the set, especially the toddlers. The older ones don't care. I, I say hi to them right away. But the little ones who are sort of scared of Santa at the mall, uh-huh. those are the ones that I really work them over and get them in there. I start photographing them then just in the set. I give them things to play with. I have dolls. I have tractors. I have blocks. I have all kinds of things for them to play with. And I just have them enjoy the Santa set. And I don't interact with them a lot right away. And then we start talking about Santa and they can read the Twas the Night Before Christmas book. And I'll ask them, you know, where does Santa, how does he get to your house? Does he come in a sleigh? Oh, he does. And I have a window in my set. So I send him to the back window and I ask them to look out there and point photographing the whole time. And we're, we're Santa. And, and we just get that whole buildup to getting ready to see him. And then if they're old enough, I have them pretend fall asleep and I have them do it very noisy. I call it honk shoe. Honk <laughs> shoe is this. <laughs> and so they, they think it's funny. And, and so then I don't have to keep snoring. I'm like, honk shoe, honk shoe. And I get them and they fake snore. And as they fake snore, Santa's sneaking around from the back side of the studio into the back part of the set. And I have it set up so he can sneak in and they won't see him. And he comes in and he he surprises them. Uh-huh. And surprise, some of them are so cute and they just get really excited and, and they jump up and down. They might stand on the chair and give him a hug. And then we do a lot of things with Santa. We play with him. They have cookies with him. They, we have, everyone this last Saturday wanted to play Jenga, which is so funny because I have a lot of things for them to play blocks or whatever. And they all wanted to play Jenga, even the little ones, but (laughs) it's fun with siblings. Yeah. And and they were serious with it too. They had to play it the right way. And (laughs) it was kind of, it was fun watching them. So we had to let them do it, but it's a long enough session that they can. And it's a great experience for them to say they played with Santa. And if there's a gift, then we then they do that. And I ask ahead of time if they can have cookies. If kids have allergies, I ask the parents to bring in the cookie. And it's it's a great time. Then they finally do sit on the lap. Even the ones who are really timid, they're usually pretty much Santa's best friend by the end. So that's really neat. And I love all the psychology behind it, which is is so important. And I'm, I'm sure every year you tweak it a little bit and what you do and it, but it sounds like you know you have this experience sending them the letter and doing all this stuff understanding kids and i d- definitely do think you need to be of a certain personality and mindset to be able to work with kids that age and you know <laughs> so growing up i never went to see santa because as you know i'm jewish and so like right. we never went to see santa and we're raising our kids um uh catholic but and we have Christmaka, we call it in our house. So there's Santa and, and um, well, whatever Hanukkah is at that point. But uh, <laughs> watching my kids in the magic of Santa, had, it, was, was, it was like, for me, it was like being able to relive, live it through their eyes because I never had it growing up. So, uh, which some people are like, oh, that's so sad. And I'm like, oh, you don't know it. It's not really a big deal. But um Getting 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 off of me, the sessions themselves. I want to I want to focus a little bit on the fact that you said you make them an experience. They're forty five minutes long. There's a reason for that. And every year I see these mini sessions, which I've always said to myself, like, 
why would you want to compete with the mall and do this that you're going to make a little bit of money on? So can you speak to that a little bit? Like why you decided to make it an experience? I mean, obviously you got some education from it, but can you expand on that just a little bit? Yeah, the the biggest part of making an experience is so that you have the photos to create products. Mm-hmm. If you do a mini session, then for someone to come in and get that one great photo of both their kids with Santa, they only need one. Right. And you're capping your sales. You're not giving yourself a chance to really make the most uh, for your time. Right. Now, I, I charge a session fee Mm -hmm. and that's $85 and Mm -hmm. a good portion of that goes more than half of that goes to Santa per session. And the rest of it, I really don't get to keep most of the rest of that because it goes to rebuilding the set each year. We change it up. We we reuse a lot of it, but every year we add something new or different just so that it looks different so that repeat clients can tell from year to year that it was different. They can see their kids are older uh, having great products is great for repeat clients because mm-hmm. then you can have grandma displaying that curved metal. I love the curved metals for the, I don't sell a lot of them at any other time, but Christmas mm. because they pack away nicely. When you put away all of your decorations, they pack away nicely <sighs> and they're great. So uh-huh. you get one each year and grandma or mom can start displaying I those on the mantle or a shelf. How neat is that? That's cool. Yeah. Um, Another product that I do that I really love, well, the one I love the most is the album because the album tells the story. And I do it exactly as John Ridgway and Chris Fritchie taught, mm-hmm. where I have a storyline. And each it, the storyline doesn't have to go from beginning to end the same with every child. And I rewrite the story every year so that's a little bit different if they do get a book. But the the wording on the pages describe what they're doing. So if we do something new, I'll rewrite the little poem or words on the opposite page. So I do all landscape images. I do very few zoomed in and it just breaks the seam a little bit and has a little bit of room on the side for the words. And I, I put that together depending on what poses the the parents pick and it doesn't really matter what they go together. So that album is my favorite. And then I also have an image box that I love to sell for this. I don't sell them a lot at any other time of the year. I, I sell them. But the image boxes for the Santa experience is especially neat because I encourage them to print their own photos from Christmas. And then every year they have a place for all of their holiday photos. That's and really they can. They can put mine in there and they can add their own. And there's enough room in there to add all of those. So I think that it becomes a memory box for them. Right. And it closes up nicely. It's Uh magnetic. It's beautiful box. There's a picture on the front. And there's the binding tells what year it is. And it's, it's a great way to keep those handy for years to come. And they can just look through all their years of memories. And that's really neat. I mean, especially with kids where you're bringing them in every year and I'm sure they remember the experience and when they come back, they're probably really excited and you build a a whole other experience. I mean, the kid's probably going to know at that point they're getting a gift, so they probably are are pretty stoked to begin with. Now they just have to take some pictures. So um, 
how many of these sessions do you do or you try and do and timing wise you just you just book it out over a day or a week so i i don't even i should have looked it up ahead of time how many days i'm doing this year um we're completely full for That's the amazing. first two weekends in december wow i had we only had about uh we would did about 5 hours worth this last saturday okay um which which is a, it's a nice long full day. Um, I we've done as many as six in a day. I have two Wednesday two evenings that we have booked as well for Santa. That's not the best time of day for kids, but I there are some parents who can't come on the weekends. One of my future one of my future appointments on a Wednesday night they work okay. weekend, you know, so that's a good option. And we, I'm going all the way to December 18th with them. Wow. So we have, we have Saturday, this last Saturday. So we have every Saturday from last weekend all the way to the 18th. And then we've, we have a couple of two Sundays in there. I'm not doing every one of them every Sunday and then the two Wednesdays. So, um, I won't do more than seven. If we do seven, then, then we'll take a nice lunch break in the middle. <laughs> Or at the end of the day, a nice drink break. <laughs> that's that's probably an and, not an or. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but what a great way to fill up your December done properly. Like it sounds as if you've you've managed to. I mean, it's just a great. I mean, December typically is not a, the busiest time for us unless we're shooting Christmas parties or events and stuff like that. And and obviously, we haven't had any of those the last couple of years. Um, and they're not coming back super duper quick. So what a great way to fill up your, your Saturdays and Sundays and days during the week, uh, during December and, and generate some cash during a time that's, that's typically slow. Okay. So last question on these is, I think it's the last question. Um, how do you find Santa? Right. So I only have one Santa and I probably should get a backup. I just haven't. I know every professional needs a backup and I have backup to everything. I have backups to my backups except my Santa. So last year I was actually pretty worried about that with the pandemic, sure. you know, 2020. And I should probably remind me in just a second. And I'll talk about what we do a little bit differently with pandemic, but, uh, I, I found him at church. I came home from Chris's class and I asked my husband, I said, who do you know that could be a good Santa? <laughs> and he said, oh, Keith would make a great Santa. And that's a mutual friend of ours. And we just happened to be going to his house four days later for you know dinner and drinks with a bunch of people. So uh -huh. I sat saddled right up to him in his basement <laughs> in Cape Bar and I said, hey, any chance you'd like to be a Santa for me? And I scrolled through some of Chris's work. I said, this is the class I just finished. And I really want to say, I want to do this this year. So that's how I found him a few years ago. And he's fabulous. Uh, he's great with kids. I, I don't know how I could get a better Santa, but I really, I know I need a backup. I just, he's, he's been there for me and he's so available. In <laughs> I mean, it's such a, it's such a, you know, a job is, it, you, you got to fit the description, right? And then, I mean, I guess you could pat it if you were a thin person, but to be able to deal with the kids, I mean, such a unique, you know, it needs to be the right guy, right? So, 
I would imagine. Fine. So did you buy the suit or did, did this guy own the suit? He actually owned a suit <laughs> and he only does one Santa gig a year. Uh, and he's been doing one Santa gig for a I lot of it. years for just a set of friends. So that's, that's, I lucked out. I, I really did luck out, but I would have bought him a suit if I needed to. Um, so I, I did want to mention pandemic yeah, and I sorry. don't have anyone that's doing it this year, but uh, if they want to this year, we've already prepped for it. But I did virtual Santa last uh-huh. year for the families that didn't want to do it with real Santa. We did everything the same. Hmm. And when I needed them to look over at Santa reading them a book, I put a parent in the chair. And we did. I did not move my camera stand. I have a camera stand. I buckled it down. I put tape on the floor. I did not move it the entire month and a half of Santa sessions. Mm. And I I kept my camera set at the widest opening at 24 millimeters. It shoots a little bit too wide for the set, but I'd rather crop in and have everything exactly the same. And then I did pictures of just Santa in the set, and I was able to drop them in. I charged oh, cool. exactly the same amount because instead of paying Santa for those sessions, then it was more work. For the retouching and I have I, I either do it and I have uh, a couple of people that I've trained to also help me out in doing the retouching for that that's very neat. minimal that's retouching I'm, sorry, I'm here sorry oh that's all right it's very minimal retouching uh, but you know there we do add in some digital elements there's a fake fire that goes in okay. there's fake candlelight and and uh, the lighting on the tree is digital. And then we got some little Santa magic that I learned from Chris. And um, there's not a whole lot of other work that comes in a little bit of cropping. Right. And that's about it. Right. That, and that's that that's neat. And we could probably do a whole other episode on marketing this. But I want to talk about the Missouri PPA a little bit about what's going on, you know, kind of close up there. Um, sure. Because I think you could... From a market, what what I think is really interesting about these is that once you build it, you can they'll come. They'll you'll get the audience. You just probably need a year or two to kind of get that audience. And once it's built, yes, you've done all the work, and then you can keep doing it every year. And I keep saying it every year, it kind of grows exponentially, right? Which is interesting, right? And and again, word of mouth and great experience, like. I've been watching this this one post in one of the Facebook groups about a photographers the the mall photographers with the Santa and there's a they they've been watching every day they're shooting the pictures and the cap is on the flash. Is, I is, saw is, that, <laughs> <laughs> and it was facing the wrong way. To move. <laughs> flash is facing the wrong way, and obviously these are these are workers are paying on an hourly basis, and I'm not taking anything away. This is good income for them, but um, how much better of an experience you can get. And, and as, as parents of little kids, like finding something for them to do like this, this is really special. And you're really building something that these kids are going to remember. Uh, who doesn't want something like that? And the fact that you've built in products with it that they can come back and get every year. And now they're building it into their budget every year. Like what a great, like, and you're providing a really, really beautiful service for people. Um, that, that, that's got to feel good every year. It, it's fun. So yeah. that helps too. You know, another product I didn't think about mentioning earlier is the little metal ornaments that you get from the lab. And last year 
I had one set of kids who came in for virtual Santa and they wore their masks in one of the mm-hmm. in one of the poses. And on their ornament, and I put the year on the ornament every year. So on their ornament, one side is the bo- the little boy and the little girl with their mask on, and then on the other side is a normal picture of them. And that's great. That is, it's just that's the perfect ornament to put yeah. on the tree because you're commemorating this crazy 2020. Right. Yeah. So, and I talk about it with my kids all the time about how like just like that in 10 years from now, hopefully. We'll be looking at this and saying, remember that crazy time where we had our masks all the time, you know, and and stuff like that. So, all right. Uh, Thank you for all of that uh, uh, information. And I'll probably want to get some of the links to help promote these guys who are teaching it full time if you want to share that. Um, uh, But let's let's talk about the the PPA a little bit. I I, I think I may have cut out with you a little bit. So um, you, you there? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yep. Um, so Missouri PPA, if, listen, if you guys are listening to this and you're in Missouri and you're not part of our group, you need to reach out to us and, and find out about us. I am, since moving here, I am so happy to have made a group of friends locally and in the state. And, uh, if you are a photographer, you need, you need your family and, and, and having a local family is really important. And uh, we'd love to bring you into the Missouri PPA family. And uh, we have a great conference coming up. And Karen, I'll let you speak to that a little bit. Like, tell us about what's coming up this. I know not everything's planned, but give us dates and place and all that stuff. Oh, dates. Okay, I'll grab my phone and grab the date because I don't want to do it wrong. Yeah, so the, the Missouri PPA is an affiliate of National PPA. We're not um, completely connected to them, but we are supported by them. And there, there are a lot of different PPA affiliates around the country, both state, local, which might be city or some other smaller guild type state um, groups. There's um, bigger ones that are more regional. Uh, there's one down in the Ozarks, and that's an example of a multi-state Correct. affiliate. But it, it always baffles me when I meet people who are professional photographers who are not a part of either well, probably and or both, their local state or local affiliate and the national PPA because we offer so much in support of your business, your education, Mm -hmm. and as far as networking goes, I can't tell you how many amazing things that I have, you know, it's it's just, it's a great, it's a great feeling to have the, uh, the Missouri PPA behind me. So, mm-hmm. um, when people have issues, you have friends who can cover you, mm-hmm. uh, personal issues, business issues. You mm-hmm. have, you have a network of people that are there to support you. So I believe that that's the main reason to be part of your state affiliate. If you're in Missouri, get in touch with me and I'll tell you everything we have to offer mm-hmm. and more. There's things on my to-do list as president that I would like still to happen that a couple things I have not even mentioned to the board. One of them kind of came up today with another photographer group not affiliated with us. But there's more things coming. And the bigger our group is, the more hands make light work, and we can mm-hmm. offer even more things. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a big passion of mine is to make this group the 
best resource that you can have. Uh, so what do we have coming up? And my calendar isn't showing up. So I'm going to try to look it up. It's in July. <laughs> I know it's in July. I want to say, I want to say like 7th, 8th, 9th or something like that. But that was last year. I just don't want to get the date wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I... No, I have it right here. So here is all the details. Let's see. We're going to we're going to have it in Jeff City. That's right. Jefferson City, uh Saturday the 9th of July through Monday the 11th of July. Okay. And we will have a pre-con on Friday the 8th. And that is everything to sign up for that is coming real soon. We just signed all the papers uh within the last couple of weeks mm -hmm. and we're now in the process of getting everything online so that you can sign up setting up the prices and the room block is open and ready to go you can do that already okay and the team which i know you're part of that team is in the process of finding some great instructors to come we in are. and teach us yep and do judging for image competition so that that's our big one, but we also have pretty much something every single month, whether it's mm -hmm. online or in person. We try to do four in-person events a year, the big one in July, and then three others each quarter, one, one a quarter, and then the, fill in the rest of those gaps with one a month for online education. We did one earlier this week on Tuesday night, and I got to teach that one. Mm -hmm. It was a business one with uh, using a CRM and becoming more and getting th more things done more quickly and without having to do it all yourself, just automation and stuff. So lots of different things. Our members have access to all of those online courses that we've done over the last couple of years on our website. We just started doing them ironically in 2020, but we planned it in 2019. So <laughs> That was a pretty, we were already on the ball and ready to go before that pandemic hit because yeah. that was already, the ball was already in the air and we were ready rolling and getting ready to do that. So that was great. Um, I, I, I know we have mentoring and mm -hmm. uh, individual mentoring for all of our members. You can do that once a month with someone with whatever you need to learn. We'll pair you up with the right instructor for that. And uh a great online group. So I can't say enough about our local affiliate and national PPA as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, like I said, you've been a great leader for, for MLPPA and, uh, outside and, 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 you know, once again, and then we're going to wrap up here. Uh, if you are in the Missouri area and, and, and our, our conference in July, we're going to have some great speakers and educators and it, you don't have to be from Missouri you can come from wherever to, to join us um, it's a good group of people I've enjoyed getting to know everybody and uh, I feel like moving from the east coast to here that I have a new family that that uh, is here for me and, and I try and be there for them whenever I can too so um, thank you for being on on this week's episode of something new every week and Thank you for sharing all of that. That was really that was really awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. That was great. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode of Something New Every Week. Thank you to you guys who have been listening. I am looking for some new guests. So if you have something you'd like to talk about, like Santa Sessions, uh, maybe Chris Micah Sessions next year, uh, please reach out to me. I'm not hard to find. 
And uh, thanks again, Karen, for being on this week's episode of Something New Every Week. Thanks again for tuning into Something New Every Week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you do enjoy these episodes, I love it if you hit that subscribe button on however you're listening to this. Again, we want to thank our sponsor, Miller's Lab, millerslab.com. Great company. If you're not familiar with them, you should go check them out. Thanks again for tuning into Something New Every Week. We will see you back here next week.